0: what is there to depreciate? What can you depreciate? And should you get a depreciation report in commercial property? How does it work different to residential? Tune into this podcast and let me show you or let me walk you through why you need a depreciation report. So you're buying a commercial property and you're wondering how different it is from residential and you're looking through and wondering what kind of tax deductions you could get. Well, amongst the the -the run-of-the-mill tax deductions like, you know, your pest and building reports, your strata reports, any of the searches you're doing, plus on top of that, uh, you know, your legal fees and any of the accounting fees and, of course, your valuation fees. What about depreciation and when should you be getting depreciation? Well, normally people get a depreciation report around the end of their purchasing journey. So when you're about to go to settlement or you're about to... uh, go to an end of a financial year because it's about the claim of the first few years is the most in depreciation then it starts to go down in a sliding scale. Now there's things to depreciate in commercial that is different from residential and the things that now apply to commercial that doesn't apply to residential are also very different. So it's important that you get a depreciation report from a quantity surveyor that uh, are actually going to be different uh from a residential so that they actually know how to do commercial depreciation because it is different i mean it's different the fact that you know you've got to count what fittings and fixtures are actually part of yours as the landlord uh or you know as the vendor or landlord or Um, what has been done by the tenant and what is not depreciable as part of the tenant's depreciation. Or perhaps you've actually contributed to fit out of the tenant uh, property as part of the incentives to the lease. And then you have to decide whether the tenant gets a depreciation or you get the depreciation. So normally when you negotiate the lease and you say, all right, I'm going to contribute to the floor covering. So that may be carpet, tiles or vinyl. Um, I'm going to contribute a lump sum amount. So let's say you contribute fifty thousand dollars to the incentives as the lease. Well that is not depreciable because it's not an actual item. But if you treat if you treat that fifty thousand to the tenant and you say to the tenant, I am contributing to, let's say the lighting and I'm contributing to the new air conditioning unit, I'm contributing to the new flooring, and I'm contributing to you know the new benches that you have or the new partition walls that you're gonna be putting in and the doors. Well then all of a sudden you have the depreciation rights of those because you are contributing to it and it belongs to the tenant for them to maintain and to upkeep but the depreciation stays with you and that may actually help you in your tax situation which I'll get to soon. Uh, alternatively you may you know, go in Half with the tenant so the tenant provides you a list of the fit outs they have and you have decided to go in half with them and therefore that you might only be able to claim 50% or even nothing of the depreciation because you've come to an agreement where the tenant is actually going to use it to claim their depreciation against their tax and normally the the run of the mill is that the tenant claims the internal fit out and the fixtures of the property as part of their depreciation you claim the general as in general area as well as the building itself for the depreciation. Now there's certain things like traveling to see a property, uh, things like scrapping which means that if one tenant moves out and you're actually going in and actually taking out you know the old refurbished furnishings and and you're putting a new uh, basically making it so that you know it's tenable for the next property that scrapping is worth something in the depreciation uh, in the depreciation world. So uh, as a incoming landlord or investor, you should think about depreciation in two ways. Firstly, if you buy a relatively new building, so I'm not saying going out and buy a new build, because that tends to attract the lowest yield, but buying a building maybe anywhere, you know, within five years old or seven years old, is still going to give you substantial depreciation. So depreciation on building goes for 40 years, and so that's still going to give you that substantial depreciation. And then moving forward from that, uh, you might say you buy a building, let's say a million dollars around numbers and you're getting a 6% yield on that property. It's $60,000. And let's say the interest rate is at 3%. Uh, so it's $30,000 for the interest. You're clearing $30,000 in passive income. Now, if you were then taking that income and applying it to your tax because it's positive cash flow and you're, you're, say, let's hold it in a trust and you're distributing that to yourself or let's say to your partner, and you still have positive cash flow. Now you're going to be paying tax. If you're already paying tax at the highest bracket, which might be forty percent, then effectively you're out of the thirty thousand. You are losing somewhere around twelve thousand dollars in terms of tax. But if you found a property, say for example, it's seven years old and it had some depreciation for the building. Uh, And this applies to both strata as well as uh, to buildings, uh, freestanding buildings. It applies to the building as well as the strata and say that you get uh, $10,000 uh, the depreciable value usually it's much higher than that it's somewhere around probably twenty or thirty thousand but let's say you get ten thousand for the building and then with the fittings because you know previously the previous vendor did you know some fit outs and, and a few other things and you get that depreciation benefit you get an extra ten thousand so there's twenty thousand dollars depreciation. now all of a sudden your thirty thousand dollar positive cash flow that shows on paper gets a write-off of twenty thousand dollars in depreciation which means that you're only paying tax on the ten thousand dollars left over and not the $30,000 that originally applied. Now, $10,000, you know, 40, 40% of that, um, what you are looking for is then, uh, if you're paying a tax bracket, it's $4,000 over $12,000. So you actually save yourself $8,000 in terms of tax rather than, um, yeah, rather than anything else. So that is the biggest A benefit of having depreciation because you're saving your tax and you're getting to spend that money right now, which can actually help you accumulate for your next deposit. Of course, when you ultimately went to go to sell the property, there's the add back provisions in terms of stamp, uh, in terms of not stamp duty, in terms of depreciation, and then you know against your capital costs, you know there's that to consider. And then your accountant, of course, will be able to figure that out. There's some add backs, but for a lot of people, depreciation works really well because on the front end, it means they pay less tax on the front end, more cash in pocket, which allows you to accumulate a deposit faster so you can buy your next pos- property faster. And that's why people who are usually at the higher tax bracket tend to buy relatively newer properties so that they can write off on most of that positive cash flow in a tax-free environment. And they can then use that positive cash flow to accumulate for the next deposit. So imagine finding a property that has $50,000 worth of depreciation. Sometimes that $50,000 would actually mean an extra half a percent to your overall yield uh, or return on your property than if you were to getting a true extra half a percent when you negotiate. And that's why some people will prefer a depreciation benefit over getting that half a percent on the actual yield in terms of rent. And as a result of that, that's why people use depreciation. So to recap, uh, there is several ways of using depreciation. In residential, depreciation brings your negative, uh, negative geared property back to neutral. So on paper, it looks like you haven't made a massive loss because it's an add back. Well, in the sense that it um, there is, on paper, you don't have that much of a loss, uh, but in actual fact, you have more negative gearing. In commercial, what happens is that it helps you to write off your positive cash flow, which is the tax saving uh, for you on the front end, which allows you to to basically have a discounted tax bracket or tax rate, um, or you know paying tax, and allows you to then effectively take that cash flow that you have and help you to accumulate to the next deposit. In that space, uh, if you are earning, you know, above thirty-two percent in the dollar in terms of your tax bracket, you should be considering using some kind of depreciation against the positive cash flow to help you accumulate more positive cash flow to go to the next deal. Uh, So especially if you're in that 45% tax bracket, what you want to do is spend um, more time looking for the property that is relatively new, that have had either um, a total refurbishment, if it was an old property, a total refurbishment. So you get to have the write-off depreciation or alternatively you have a property that is had a vendor contribute to the fit out and you get to write it off and then on top of that alternatively is that you look for a relatively new build or a vacant property and you're contributing to the um the, the tenants fit out and you're using that and you but you get to write off the depreciation for it so there's several ways to do it uh in in the depreciation space but the most important thing to remember is that when you're looking at depreciation you're getting a depreciation schedule from a, a quantity surveyor who is an expert in the commercial property space and we'll put a link below in our podcast for someone that we use um mike mike is really good um Is MCQS, so they're, um, They're really good as a quantity surveyor. They're very detailed and one of the things they do is all quantity surveyors, they have to have a site inspection. And when they do a site inspection, they literally spend hours and they count the toilets, they count the taps, they count a chair that belongs to you or the tenant. Um, They would account for blinds, they would account for, you know, wall partitions, glass doors, um, whether you've got a new roof or any of those things that's been put into the property as well. And that's the other thing is if you do any capital investments later on down the track. So let's say you have the property for the next um, three or five or seven or 10 years, but year three, you decide that you needed to replace parts of the roof. So you replace the roof um, and then you should actually, Take that cost and send it off to the quantity surveyor, and they should update that report. And then the next bit is maybe in year five. You decide, you know, you're going to build a disabled ramp to, with your tenant, or help incentivize a tenant. Well, again, you should take that and then get your, um, put that into your depreciation report, so you can, um, you can get the increased depreciation. So it actually depreciation report is really good to track the process of what you've spent in capital works on the property. Um, so for yourself in in the long term, because sometimes when you own a property for ten years. It's hard to think what you've done with it. Uh, but it also helps you to track that, but also helps you to get the maximum amount of deductions. Because when you have a positive cash flow property, uh, there is a few ways to look at it. Firstly, how, what entity to hold it in primarily for the distribution of funds and tax minimization? Secondly, um, how would you then minimise the tax in terms of distributing to the right person, but then also applying any of these deductions that's available out there for you so that you can minimise the tax you pay on that positive cash flow? Because at the end of the day, we all like positive cash flow, but there's a period of time where because you're building up a positive cash flow uh, portfolio where you're going to be paying more tax um, potentially for a short period of time at until you get to a stage where you can give up your day job or you can go part-time and then you're going to potentially pay less tax uh, because you now you're relying on your investment income and you're switching from pos- from working income to positive cash flow. And that's a bit of a switch until you get to that, until you're leveraged. So for a time being, you are going to be paying extra tax and that's probably why depreciation works so well during that space is that in that time period, you can put in, um, use depreciation just for the moment to help you get less, uh, pay less tax, accumulate more deposit money for your next deal so you can continue on to leverage. So when you go forward and decide whether you want depreciation or not for your property and whether you should consider depreciation or not, uh, one of the ways is to get a quote, but get a quote of how much you can depreciate and then you work out if it's worth it to get that depreciation. So uh, if you need a hand with that or if you need any kind of helping handle mentoring, through the process of you buying a commercial property reach out to me at helentarrant.com or helen at au. there's you know understanding depreciation is quite deep and the people who are depreciation specialists really geek out on it they go into it in depth and they literally count all of the screws and everything else that you can depreciate and there's a ruling a tax ruling against any one of these things so it's actually quite fascinating but it really is something you've got to leave to the experts but Just like we're experts in commercial property, we're here to help you and build a portfolio with you in the long term. Reach out to us, helentarrant.com, unicorn.com.au. And I look forward to speaking with you on the next podcast. And uh, if you've got any suggestions for podcasts, anything you want to know about commercial property, reach out to me, Helen, at commercialpropertycashflow.com.